this week on the podcast, you are a woman who turns into a spaceship. It's the Guardian Legend on It's So Bad. Chris! Michael, hello. Which one with the obvious one, man? Do you with you the very literal, person? very literal description of, <laughs> of the of the protagonist of this game. She's a person that turns into a space fighter plane. Um, it is the Guardian Legend for the Nintendo Entertainment System. We are doing this week on the podcast. You subscribe to uh, this podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast from. Follow us at, at It's So Bad Pod on the Twitter. We are adding this week the Guardian Legend as our number 160th game <coughs> on the endless list of video games. Uh, last week, what did we add? Was it Banjo Kazooie? Oh, Banjo Kazooie. Banjo Kazooie at number 30. Goes from number one, Super Mario 64, all the way down to Dark Castle at number 159. This week it's Guardian Legend. And Chris, you chose this game. Tell me why. You know, just a, it, it's, a, it's an interesting multi-genre cult hit Nintendo game that I just, I just thought was interesting. Played it after hearing a, a lot of, you know, rant, not, I shouldn't say hype, but just like a lot of... Uh, you know, a lot of sources called it, again, a hidden gem and uh, kind of a unique game for its time. And I was curious to check it out. And this is it the, would make good podcast this, material. This is the Chris Zone of video games we are in. Yeah. The hidden gem territory. He's out there on a mission trying to find you all of the hidden gems. It's like the how many, how many Dishonored and Bloodborns <laughs> and Dark Souls and Super Marios can you do? You know, you gotta, you gotta do... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's good to talk about thing a little bit different, right? I mean, how many Nintendo games? I think this one came out in nineteen eighty eight. It's it, you, yeah. that that like how many Nintendo games are out there that I think effectively combine two different genres. I'm not saying they excel at either genre, but you know, you get this kind of top down labyrinth Metroid esque Zelda esque type mode, and then you get like a, a shoot 'em up mode, and you know, yes. <coughs> So is it, so are you really after the quantity? Do you want to go to the buffet (laughs) with all the genres and tastes that are kind of mediocre? Or do you want like a really nice meal? This is, this is what we're talking about here on this podcast today with the Guardian Legend. Yeah. So, well, we'll, we'll get into that. I'm sure there's a little bit of backstory you would like to, or history you'd like to establish with this game. Or maybe, maybe not. I don't know. There's a little bit of a pause there. I don't know. No, I, I do. I did zero research, no. <laughs> this is developed by a developer called Compile. Compile, you and published by Broderbund, oddly. Broderbund published a bunch of NES games uh, back in the day. Uh, 1988 was its release. Um, Compile is known for, number one, Puyo Puyo, yeah. which was in the 90s. And this game um, is a sequel to another know- one of their games, uh, Gardeek. Yeah, Gardeek. So they're known for Puyo Puyo, um, which is known here in the States as the the Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Uh, But we since know what Puyo Puyo is at this point. It was a very popular puzzle game, probably the second most popular puzzle game ever behind Tetris. Um, But yeah, they also made a bunch of shooters. So they made 
Xanak, they made Gardeek, which was the precursor to this, which was another shooter. They make they, they made the Less series. They made Spri- the Spriggan series. Uh, so they're known for their shooters as well. And I believe they also uh, made my favorite shooter of all time. Yes, they did. In 1989, the year later, they made Blazing Lasers, which is my favorite shooter ever. They also, uh, they also uh, developed um, Godzilla Monster of Monsters for the NES. So they got, they got that going yes. for them. So most of the crew that worked on this they game did, uh, is, is the crew that worked on Xanak. And you, uh, I know like Xanak was yep. a big game in Japan, but uh, I'm not like too familiar with it. But do you know like what makes Xanak like, kind of stand out from everything else from the time? No, I... I don't. I I really don't. It has like a, like um, the AI has like a dynamic uh, difficulty curve, so oh, it's it's based on like how many like power ups you've collected or lives you lost or how accurate you're shooting, and the game will get either more difficult or easier to kind of adjust adjust to the player. That's cool. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. They also developed Ghostbusters for the Sega Genesis, which is a game that I have always wanted, and someday I will <laughs> pull the $70 trigger on it on eBay. Um, but it is dope. It's like a Mega Man game, uh, that, but it's Ghostbusters for the for Genesis. Uh, I played it back in the day. I never owned it, but a friend of mine had it, and we used to play the shit out of that game. Um, but yeah, it's the director of this game was the creator of Puyo Puyo himself, Masamitsu Nitani, also known as... By the way, I am super proud that I just made it through a Japanese name in one go. I just want to point that out because usually, even though I know I can pronounce it, I will F it up when I'm on this podcast for some reason. But he's also known as... uh, Nitani is also known as Mu. Um, Interesting fellow. Um, He... So Compile went bankrupt a few years ago, and he uh, had an interview by one of a Japanese gaming magazine... And he said that his last game, Nioki, he Nioki Nioki um, for the 3DS was that late. Uh, he borrowed a ton of money from his parents, and that game never turned a profit. And he's been paying back his parents <laughs> ever since to fund that game. Um, he now lives off his pension and is working in a senior care facility. Um, trying to pay off his debts from that game. He'd like to also port that failed game to the Switch to see if he could make more money. Um, but he's fund- He's trying to fund that via trading foreign currency. Oh, well. So good luck yeah. to him. <laughs> Moo indeed. Um, but yeah, it was developed as a sequel to Guardic or Gardeek. Um same of the same things carry over. The music is the same in it. Um, it has a little bit... I think because of the MSX didn't really have scrolling uh, like the NES does. Mm-hmm. It's just like a single screen and then you clear out the screen and then it like rolls into a new screen. Um, so it's... But it, carry, it carries over some of the music, the same tunes. Um, this game was actually known as Gardic Gaidan in Japan. Um, it has the red and blue guys that you pick up that give you chips slash power. But yep. I think they do something else in that game. Um, but yeah, they changed it in the U.S. to the Guardian Legend. Um, Irem now owns that IP. When they published it here, they in that deal, they they own the IP. It's now the Guardian Legend in the United States. They made their own IP around that. And yeah, that's a. Uh, I think that's this game. The one thing, the, the other thing I'll say is, I think you mentioned this. Um, the artwork in the Japanese and the European releases is like thousands of times better right right than the right. u.s release i remember like seeing the box of this game as a kid and like not knowing what it was i mean it's a very distinct cover art 
but, it, oh, yeah. but it's not representative yeah. of the game at all. Like the cover art in America almost looks like um, <coughs> that, <laughs> that should be like some sort of like JRPG or or something. I don't know. It looks like, like, like it looks like there's like an evil wizard like over like a fiery sandy desert or, or something. It does look pretty iconic, though, for what it is. It's, like, bright and orange. Yeah. Um, I, re- I remember the ad in, like, comic books and stuff. Um, and there was also that ad that I, I showed you earlier. They made, a, like, a ad where they said at the start, if you like Zelda and Zelda 2, play this game. And it was confusing as to what the game was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Guardian Legend. Um so yeah, uh, this is yeah. Back to the back to the cover art. The guy who did the cover for the Japanese version, which is kind of like H.R. Geigery, uh, he also did artwork for the Legend of Galactic Heroes manga. Are you familiar with that uh, anime no. at all? No. It's good. It's like political. Um, I've only watched a few episodes, but I if I want to get more into it. He also did the uh, cover art for the Star- Starship Troopers Japanese re- release. Looks no. pretty nice. Interesting. Um, but yeah, both of the cover arts, the European version has just her, her as a robot. It's just like so much better than the US version. Yeah, just, yeah. sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I did want to say about this game is the following. Um, here, Here is the ridiculous story. Or not the ridiculous story. I'll just say that the fuck <laughs> is happening? Okay. So long ago in a distant galaxy, an alien race sent, sent a huge world called Najoo hurtling towards Earth loaded with a cargo of mysterious life forms. During the long journey, these creators have multiplied and become increasingly evil, and now Naju teams with evil. However, deep within the complex globe are self-destruct mechanisms that can be activated to destroy it before it reaches Earth. Now you must battle your way deep within Naju's labyrinths. To destroy the alien world, you are the guardian of Earth. And your saga will become the Guardian Legend. Yeah, it doesn't That's really seem to jive with like the story in game, which is kind of similar, but it kind of <laughs> sounds like it almost sounds like the Naju have taken over this planet or giant ship or whatever, and like the entire crew is dead, but like messages have been left for you in the computer that basically say like you know you can destroy the ship and stop them from reaching Earth, and that's. I think a more accurate uh, representation of what you're supposed to be doing in this game. Yeah, I mean, they're it's a they are changed the IP and they changed the story. I don't know what the story was in J- Japan. I'm, I'm assuming it's kind of st- similar. But yeah, they changed the IP and they changed the story. Um, I don't understand what she is. Really, where does she come from? Earth? I think that's like the idea is that like she is from Earth and like they are sending her as like you know, the agent to, like, you know, wipe this menace out. And so the game is, um, like, top-down Zelda-like. Like, the indoor parts of Master Blaster, if you're familiar with that. Um, and then there's sections that you dive in and do shmup? What? Why? Because <laughs> why not? <laughs> and then you come back. Yep. <laughs> and then you're back into this, and it expands. It's like a... You get key cards to access different areas, kind of like a Metroidvania. 
Um, and I think there was a lot of these types of games back in the day. I think Sunsoft was a big publisher around this type of stuff. Because this game is like to a T exactly what Master Blaster is. Yeah. And um, except for like the shmup versus like the car levels. Um, but the top down view is like exactly the same, um, which is interesting. I think Master Blaster does it a bit better because the weapons are a bit better. But <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, eerily similar. And then also um, the other game that this is kind of like is uh, Fester's Quest, which oh, gets yeah. blind, but yeah, I enjoy that. that game. Yeah. So the other game, so there was a bunch of games in Japan that were also like this. One of them was called Space Hunter, which came out a few years earlier mm-hmm. and had a Game Center CX episode. Um, I'd love to bring up that show. Um, similar. So like there was a lot of this type of game happening back in the day, just like the throwing in the shmup level was like a real, we're going to throw a curveball. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So in both the, well, so the top down section of the games is referred to as the labyrinth and then the shmup levels are referred to as the dungeons in this game to kind of keep it straight, I guess, as we're talking about it. And so you find weapons in both, you get about a dozen or so different secondary weapons that can be upgraded multiple times and you know big variety it's like lightsabers there's kind of like Darth, the Darth Maul style dual saber uh, a whole bunch of like just different sort of fireballs and projectiles and it uh, yeah I mean you gotta power those up or else uh, you're not gonna have a good time in the shmup levels because later in the game the boss is like you need like there's a couple weapons in particular like you definitely need powered up and the way you power your weapons up is either you find them by beating some bosses or as you walk through the top-down labyrinth there's a bunch of mini bosses like scattered throughout the map and you're going to defeat them to get your power-ups which i think based on our offline conversations you do not do much of (laughs) so i uh and i had this so i had really tough time playing this game in banjo kazooie at the same time um I thought that I would. I I kind of enjoyed this game, but it, like I was struggling to get through because it was. Ki- I felt like it was kind of generic. But yeah, so like when I dived into these levels, I was not looking to one hundred percent every level. And plus, we have to beat a lot of games, so I'm just like trying to yeah. get through games as fast yeah. as possible sometimes. Um, but I did not go through every room. I did not try to or every area and try to clear it. And that meant that this game was tremendously difficult <laughs> at certain points. There were levels, I, I don't know if you know this, but if you don't get certain power-ups, uh, there are levels that are sped up. And I didn't realize that until I watched a YouTube a video of it. And those levels just went at normal speed. <laughs> I don't, so that was fun. I didn't know that was... I don't know if that's the case. Uh, I'm pretty sure I watched the same levels that were at half speed that were going at super fast speed in my when I played through. Oh, well, I mean, there are some levels that go, like, super fast that look similar to other levels you would be oh, in, so... Yeah, that's true, that's true. So, um, I, yeah. There's one I mean, level in particular with... There was one level in particular with a... The ground would open up and this red dot would move up the screen as you approached it and it would keep moving up the screen and move down and shoot projectiles. Yeah. And that thing in that level that went super fast was incredibly hard to kill. Yeah. There's, there's a, uh, okay. Yeah. So I think that, I think you saw probably a later level where it does go super fast. Um, but yeah, yeah. but you know, whether I touching on like, you know, enemy design like that, I thought like at least the art style for, um, particularly the monsters in the, in the, 
and the shmup levels, like, not so much the labyrinth. The labyrinth levels, like, everything's kind of fairly generic, but I thought, like, some of the bosses and other enemies that are in the uh, shmup sections are, like, cool. They're kind of, like, demons with, like, eyes and skulls coming out of, like, weird places and shit. And I was like, these are really cool. These are clever designs. Yeah. I I I agree, but at the same time, a lot of the the bosses were just big blob moves back and forth or up and down on the screen. Oh yeah, but I'm talking about like their like design, like their actual artistic design. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But then there's also like a whole bunch of like enemies. I was like, did you just have like a whole bunch of assets lying around and you just dump them from other games into here? Because like there's like shrimp and shit that flies at you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um. I, I there's I think like the the shmup levels are not the worst shmup that I've ever played, but it's definitely not like the best shmup. Like, and I'm surprised that this came from Compile when they had such a pedigree, and they would go on to make Blazing Lasers, which is like legitimately <coughs> one of the best sh- sh- shmups of all time, like top five. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it's like, uh... like I think I I think the uh, I think there's also a little bit of a bait and switch with the the last boss of the first level. Last boss of the first level is unique and interesting in that you um, there's like different turrets that shoot at you and they're oh, yeah. all over the top. Yeah, I fucking love that. Sh- that's like my favorite shit in in shooters is when there's like a massive wall or like a battleship and you have to like knock out the individual uh, guns, but. That level, that first boss is, like, very distinct. The rest of them are all, for the most part, big, like, floating heads that just, like, weave around the, the and shoot out projectiles. Yeah, you're going to kind of, like, catch so. their pattern and stuff. And, yeah, there's, there's like, right. there's one later in the game that kind of teleports around the screen instead of doing that. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, for the most part, all the bosses kind of follow a similar, a similar pattern. Yeah. Every shooter has to have that boss. With the two extended things that come down, and you have to shoot in the middle. Yeah, you gotta get in between like the two lasers or whatever. Yeah, it, that's yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that feels very yes. Every shooter from that period has that. No, oh, every shooter still like it was yeah. in um, like all of, like what was the fucking uh, Ikaruga has that all of, they all have mm-hmm. that. Um, but yeah, I think like the the main thing for me on this game is like the actual aesthetic. Um, and we kind of alluded to it is pretty generic. Yeah, I think uh, I think. Yeah, exactly. When you walk around the labyrinth, like I said, like most of the enemies that like you encounter are like little random jewels or like little random like bouncing orbs and stuff. Like, there's not like the cool or like sh- like shellfish. Yeah, there's a lot of right. shellfish. Like the cool boss design does not carry over to a lot of like the regular enemies that you encounter and. Yeah, it's that's definitely a a weak point of the game. And like all the interiors of the labyrinth, like all kind of look the same for the most part. Like it changes up a little bit towards the end of the game, but it's like every room feels kind of very samey and stuff. But you know, but then it does do, but then it does do like little things that like where you find like a hidden room and there's like a little bit more backstory and lore, like kind of like left behind mm-hmm. that you kind of uncover. And I was like, I was like, this is good. Like there's thought just- put into it, but it's it's like. I mean, there's still not much of a story. Like, you could skip all that and not, yeah. not miss anything. There's a... I think the, the her sprite in the ship, her ship, is, like, really good character design. And then, like, the rest, they were just like, eh. Yeah. But the, also, speaking about the story, the uh, characterization is very lacking. There's, like, none. So you have no idea who this person is or why she's a robot flying through this. So it's it's... 
or like why they're bad you just they're just bad um they're evil yeah okay yeah yeah so but yeah also i do but yeah one thing when you write like when she transforms from the from her human form to the ship form it does feel like you get the little rousing music i was like okay that feels kind of badass i like that yeah 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 that's all right. I like yeah. that. I can get behind that. That's a good one. That's a good ditty. It's a good, good little, good little song. A um, couple things about this game. Um, there's kind of a spiritual successor made by Wade Forward called, for, for the GBA in like the early 2000s called Sigma Star Saga. Oh, I have that. I played have that. Have you seen this? I think it, I think it just oh. inspired it. I don't like... Yeah, I mean, uh, not re- not related. I mean, like just yeah, yeah. like you know, they they um, were inspired by that. Game. Do you, have you ever played that? I haven't played it. I've watched. I've seen many videos. I think it was a Metal Jesus hidden gem at one point. Yeah, I so it's a it's okay. It's got a lot more story for sure, but like it's like you're it's almost like kind of like an RPG where it, like it has random battles, but. Instead of having a like a random battle like in your human form, all the random battles are like kind of randomly generated side scrolling R type style levels, and it's like in like you're just dumped into like a random ship. So like you know you could have like this like small like little tiny fighter like for one level, and then it's like you're going through that, or you end up in this giant blimp of a thing that has like no ability to like really maneuver like tight cracks and stuff and. Uh, it's a cool gimmick, but it's like, again, these are random battles. Like, you get into, like, a thousand of them, like, or two thousand of them, like, play through the game, and it's drags it down. Drags it down. But I have it, and I beat it. We can do it someday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, one other question I have for you. Do you think this is a... Okay, I'm going to start. This is just a start. Is this a top 100 Nintendo Entertainment System game? Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, I know some people like say it's like a top twenty-five, which I think is kind of wild. But uh, yeah, I don't IGN know. had it at eighty-seven. At eighty-seven, IGN had it at eighty-seven. But their list is fucking yeah, fucking trash. I hate that list. I mean, I could. <laughs> There's some games in there. It's like mm, really, I, like Skater <laughs> Die Two is in the top. I like 100. Skater it's Die like, Two, what? but I don't think that's top one hundred. I think like I think. I could see an argument for it being the top 100 because, you know, I think a lot of it is, like, not a lot of games are doing this, like, dual game mode at the time. And this is also, like, an early, um, you know, example of a female protagonist and a totally male protagonist-dominated video game scene. And I think it has, like, a lot of those, like, historical things going for it. I I mean, I think that's important. I mean, I think that's... They did, I mean, they were copying Metroid, who Metroid copied somebody else as well, so. Yeah, but I mean, still, I think that's, I think that is, I don't think that could be overstated. I think that's actually a very important, uh, important factor, I think, that goes, goes with this game. Um, because I don't know, I mean, I just think, I just think probably boys in the 80s who primarily played video games, like, probably just naturally would not gravitate towards a game where they played as a girl, and I think it was... I think it's a I think it's an, a bold creative decision to do that, you know. So I think there's some importance to that. That's just my opinion. But 
Are you virtue signaling? Are you virtue signaling right now? I'm. I just. I am just. I'm just giving my honest opinion. Um, but there's. Uh, are you? Are you being woke right now? What is happening? I am just giving my honest opinion. But uh, but I think it's also. I think it often gets ranked high for the combination of the two genres. I think. I think it does both of those genres well. I think it does the shmup better than it does the. Uh, the top-down labyrinth section better. Um, I think I think you know your experience with the shoot 'em up section is uh, kind of like your mileage may vary type thing. Like you didn't yeah. have the best time with them. Um, you know, I kind of I I had a good time with them, but I also agree that it's like they're all kind of samey in the sense that like you battle through these countless waves, and then all the all the bosses are kind of similar. You know, they look different, yeah. but they act similar. Yeah. So, and also I will say the one thing about the bosses before we get into our ranking is the they are very much damage sponges. Like you are fighting those bosses for like a minute and a half and that's like fucking wild. That's a long oh, so time cuz you were cuz you were leveling up. You were you did the old No, I I you, you raised so the end I of the cave final my, fantasy style. No, well my I will say my gun and my health were fine for where I was. Yeah, it was the it was the chips. I couldn't didn't have enough chips. And there's a point where you have to talk to a shopkeeper, and you have to buy a, an item, and then he tells you he unlocks something. Because I looked it up online, I forget what part this is, but you need 400 chips, and I had 200, and I was like, God fucking damn it! <laughs> They're gonna make me go back. <coughs> I have to go back. There's no warping. There's a. So I didn't like the gating. So you didn't you didn't play enough to get to um some of the other random things that you have to do to open, like a lot of those like corridors, like they just open, like when you walk in, some you got to shoot them. Yeah. That's another, that's another one. It's like, you have to find one space where you have to walk on. Yeah. Shoot in one random area. There's like, it doesn't tell you. Well, there's always, there's always a hidden room somewhere in the, somewhere nearby that will give you the hint of what you need to do. But like the, the probably the hardest one is there's one where it's like, you just got to enter and exit the room like 10 times and then it opens. Like, that one's a little ridiculous. Or, like, yeah, it's stuff like that. But, um, yeah, there's, like, one fireball weapon that, like, you really... If you up, upgrade it to its max level, like, a lot of the bosses you can kind of clear in about 20 seconds. But, um, but like, you gotta you got to get that, like, upgraded. Like, that is, like, critical to, to clearing the game. <coughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I did not, top 100? I, I, I would know. say... This is not this is not on you. I'm not putting this on you at all. But I will say, playing Banjo Kazooie in this game back to back killed my interest in video games for like a, a month and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was like, I, uh, I was like, oh, I don't want to play that. Uh. And then I was like, I was like, at the end of that two a month and a half, I was like, am I done with video games? Man, bitch. like, am I just over video games? <laughs> and then I, I. I played Broforce, and now I'm playing Portal, and my god, I love video games again. Banjo-Kazooie was just, was just so bad. It crushed my soul, Chris. I would say it's like, it's not, like I mentioned on the last podcast, it's not a bad game, but it's just, it requires you to beat 92% of it in order to beat the game. <laughs> you have to get 92% completion. Why would they do that? <laughs> 
I apologize for the coughs. Have fun editing this. And I mean, um, I mean that was that was the thing. Like that's the same thing about this game though. To bring it back is like I don't want a hundred percent clear every dungeon. I just want to go through it and beat the game. Yeah. And I had to go through and be like very, very. You have to go through everything. It's yeah. I guess I just kind of equate it to like if you're playing an RPG, you got to grind a little bit, and that's that's kind of how I trim to this. But as to where the last thing I'll yeah. say. Can I say the last thing I'll say is that the password system was fucking garbage too. <laughs> yeah, you know, I always everyone fucking pain in the everyone ass. Everyone kind of shits on the uh, password system in this game, and, and like I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a video game programmer. I assume like I assume nobody wanted to have a password system that long. You must just have to for some reason. So uh, <clears throat> you know, I try to not hold that against games, even though like yeah, it really sucks. But like, I go like there has to be like some sort of technical reason as to just why it has to be that way. Like, so it's because like because they there's twelve different weapons, right? Yeah, your twelve different your weapons. Chips, your chips, your points, health, your health, your chips. Those are all different columns that they yeah, have to put maps, into to put area, a value next to them. Area of the map you've explored, all the stuff. Like, so yeah, it's just you know that is what it is. It, I you know it's better that it's there than it's, than it's not there, right? So I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to ever knock off any points for obnoxious passwords. But <laughs> um, so where does this go, Chris? On the endless list of games. Well, because we've talked way too much about this game. I right was kind of. I was scrolling down, <laughs> trying to see like where some of our other Nintendo games fall. And my cursor was not in a legitimate spot either. I just want to say that. That's all right. If you were looking at that, <laughs> like so, like Rampage is ninety six, and I think we're kind of, you know, it's an arcade game. You know, that's also a very similar Nintendo game. Then I'll say my <coughs> top line in this, in comparisons, is Crystallis. It cannot go above Crystallis. Crystallis is a better game than this. Wait, what number is Crystallis? It's eighty eight. Oh, I don't even think I was looking that. Hi, because even though I liked it, it's like, you know, it's hard for me to say this is better than Rampage or going further down like Pandora's Tower or there's some games here that I don't know. Like, I think it's like, I think a good spot for it would be like 106, maybe. For me, that's where I would put it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Then I'm like, oh, we have Gunsmoke and Paperboy and Sweet Home. Deja vu. We have yeah, also I think this low. Is a this is, <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, I think that this game is better than those games. I think there's just a lot of good games on this list. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think one of those, I don't know what Downwell is, so. Um, I did have more fun with this than Burger Time, so I'm, I'm good with 106. Yeah. I think 106 is a good spot. It's really, it's getting hard to get into the 100s. It is, yeah. This is, we're the top building a wall there. Like, uh, we have our 160th entry now, um, and, yeah, I mean, there's, like, legitimately 100 good games on this list. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it used to be, uh, it used to be if you weren't, if you weren't cracking the top 70, you were, like, a bad game, but now there's just so many that, uh, that's really, it's not, it's not bad to be around 100 now. We used to be like, you know, oh, congratulations, sarcastically, that you are in the top <laughs> 50 or whatever. And now it's like, really, like, if you're in the top 50, you're, you're fucking, you're going to that Ivy League school. You are elite. You're going to get Facebook before everybody else at that Ivy League school. 
Um, but congratulations to the Guardian legend, our new 106th entry on the endless list of 160. Next week on the podcast, controversial pick. It's going to be, um, people are going to be like, why are, why are you, why would you play video poker for the endless list? And I will tell you, even though it's a gambling game, it is a game that is a video. And we rank every video game here Get, on the that's, podcast. That's right. Yep. That's going to be... Um, Next week. It's going to be an interesting one. I don't know how we're going to keep that one on the rails, but there's also like... Are there also like projected to be like four or five of us like doing that one too? Hell yeah, let's go. Uh, yeah, video poker. Everyone's excited. Everyone's going to play a different version. Everyone, it's all, it's all going to be great. What's the over-under on the amount of... Amount of uh, we should set this a bet, right? So what's the over-under on the amount of times people say, this is difficult to rank? I'm t- it's almost unrankable. I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> it's almost unrankable. It's really just, I don't, I don't know what this is going to be. I have no idea. Because, <laughs> I mean, you're literally ranking poker, right? Like, <laughs> like, like, in that sense, I mean, it could be the new number one, because it's poker. Maybe we should just spend, spend, maybe we should just spend the entire podcast debating what we're what we're rating, what we're ranking. Is it poker? Is it the interaction with the poker device? Is it the feeling of winning gambling? We should just the have the feeling like a of really, winning uh, gambling. <laughs> <laughs> the feeling of success. Great. Well, uh, hopefully right. you have edited out most of my coughs, but I am dying on this side, so I'll just say goodbye to you now. Bye, Chris. Goodbye. Goodbye.